This is Surface Thinking with Blackie Chat, and I'm so delighted to have another IUP alumni in the building. I usually party. Um, <laughs> that's not what I went there for. Um, uh, somebody that I uh, look up to immensely. Whoa. She has no idea of some of the things that I'm going to tell her today. Uh, can't even say how we formally met or what mm. day that was doesn't matter <laughs> but isis is here y'all give it up for isis so i just want to say thank you for being here you're welcome because uh, it means a lot that you can call people and they come actually so i'm appreciative of that but i want to say that like in life certain things happen that you can't control you don't know the, the effect that it have on somebody whether it's negative or positive and one day i was at your apartment and I don't know, I was probably with Ryan or somebody, and we were just kicking it. And at, as we were kicking it, you had on like this, I don't know, I don't know what you call it or what type of, what type of wardrobe it was part of, but it was like, it looked real oriental. It was okay. like, like blue maybe or red maybe. It looked sort of like how Jada Pinkett and uh, set it off. When she came to the dude's house mm-hmm. and she was looking kind of mm-hmm. crazy, he took her to get something. It was that, and I was. Was it a dashiki? And it was a whole bunch of people in the apartment on campus field. Yeah, it wasn't a dashiki though. It was like you had on like it looked like some Asian Oriental type of vibe. Nevertheless, it was like bell bottom sleeve type <laughs> thing, and I was just like tapping people and I was just talking about you like to your face and everything because you always had this like cool vibrant vibe about you, and then like you just gave me this look. It made you didn't say anything to me that made me feel like you were like sunning me, but it was just like, yo, grow up, dog. Like, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? And at that, at that point in my life, I said, yo, you know what? I'm gonna stop being a clown and like had conversations with people, and and respect them as I want to be respected. And from that day, I literally talked to women a certain type of way just because of you. Really? And this happened probably. 2009, 2010, maybe. Maybe even 2011. Maybe. No, probably 2010. But that was an effect that you had on me as a young person, right? Wow. So let's talk about today's episode. I really want to focus on maturity and focus on, you know, how do we get to a point where we are where we are right now and the things that cause us to be mature. Okay. So I've always had this respect for you as a young, sophisticated woman who had an idea of who she was and didn't really need to be out in the open to be out in the open. Okay. What do you attribute that to? Hmm. More so out in the open, I kind of try to stay a little humble. Okay. More so because... um. My my upbringing and where I kind of came from was like true struggle. You know what I'm saying? Like okay. I'll say, I went to Punxie my freshman year. So did I. So when I got dropped off at Punxie, I had twenty dollars in my pocket. I paid for the rental car. I paid to get to school. And when I got dropped off, my grandma was like, "You good?" And then my mom, I'm thinking like, "Yeah, I'm good." But I thought to myself like, "What the f am I gonna do next?" Right. So it's always been a uh, a hustle and a grind for me. Okay. So I always felt the need not to really shout or brag about just me because, mm-hmm. like you said, I kind of come off 
any rate that I kind of got it together. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, I don't. Right. Okay. <laughs> but I, I don't like to let people feel like I need it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Or, I, you know, I, that's just me. But um, mm-hmm. that's part of it. I, I try to remain humble and let God's blessings talk for me. Okay. Um, because I never would have ever thought that. Right. That's why I'm, like, shocked and, like, taken back, like, whoa. And that happened almost 10 years ago. You know? <laughs> yes, that's why I'm like, me? But, so, trying to be humble is, it's like an understatement, like, you trying to be. Like, I think you either humble or you're not, right? Yeah. And I think that, like, I don't think that you're trying. I just think that you're just being the best you, right? Yeah. But your humbleness can be perceived as cockiness, right? Or not even just cockiness. Let me take that word back. More so that you got it all under control. So yeah. I don't know if you've become a mother's bosom to a lot of your friends or people call yeah. you a lot of the times. Yeah. And I don't even know if you even ask for that position. I don't. I don't. Even in even at IUP, I was like Mother Goose. Right. And I loved it because I'm I'm the second to the oldest of six children. Right. So that kind of started it where like, you know... I had no choice but to be the older sibling. So it kind of carried over when I went away to college because, as you can see, every place that I had was, like, the gathering place. Right, for sure. Which I didn't mind because I'm the oldest of six children, you know. Um, So when it comes to people coming to me for advice, sometimes I have to sit back and I have to really ask, like, yo, am I giving this person the right advice? But I give the realest advice that I could possibly get from myself, Mm -hmm. especially from my experiences. And, um, some days I'd be like, why do people come to me? (laughs) Even as a hairstylist, everybody asks me for so much advice. And Mm -hmm. I just be like, if I don't know, I will go to somebody. If I give me a second, let me figure it out. Mm -hmm. Um, but just from life experiences, I can only give the truth based off of what I've been through. Sure. So that's how I, always been to give the truth and sometimes i'm so direct i've lost a lot of friends from being so direct Mm -hmm. because i don't know no other way Mm -hmm. um which like even in at 31 i'm still trying to kind of fix that a little bit because Mm -hmm. some friendships i want back okay but the pride in me just being real the pride in me is like well oh well and um i'm working on that but for the most part I am very direct and not everybody comes to me because I guess they feel like they're going to get the honest answer that they could possibly get. Okay. So, but, uh, I, I, oh, that's mind blowing. That. It's mind blowing because like people know that they can come to you for a certain specific type of advice mm-hmm. or mentorship mm-hmm. or things like that. And then when you give them what they expect from you, they can't control their heart and how they feel. Exactly. It's like, you know what you came here for, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. This is a tough question that a lot of people can't answer off rip. So with you being a go-to, mm-hmm. who does the go-to go to? Now, I've started going, which will be shocking, my youngest sister. Okay. Which is like, she is so, how can I say it? She's so hood smart right. that it comes out so elegantly because she's so beautiful. Right. My little sister... She humbles me. Like, one day she told me I was crying about a friendship. And she, excuse my language, she said, fuck that bitch. She can't sit at the table with you. She right. was like, I need you to learn that. You are doing your thing. And right. once you start to own in on that, I says, fuck her. And right. I'm like, no, we've been friends for such and such time. And why don't she understand how she hurt my feelings? 
And she was like, she'll figure it out later when right. you sit at a different table. Right. And I really go to my, and I, I got a girlfriend. We've been friends since kindergarten. Okay. Her name's Latoya Fowler. Okay. Like, when I say... She sounds like a, a prestigious lawyer. Oh, man. Latoya, she's another, like... She's she's becoming the the reason and the, and the God-forsaken reason for me because um she comes from the godly place, but we both came from the hood. Mm-hmm. So it was like that hood Bible verse that she'll throw to me. I'm like, Toy, that was not in the Bible. And <laughs> she was like, yes, it was. Right. But those are two people that I'm learning to go to because... Sometimes I take a lot of stuff personal mm-hmm. because I feel like I'm such a given person and I'm such a, you know, open person and anybody can come to me. And when my feelings get hurt, I take it very personal. And those two wake me up. Like, okay. they be like, All right. get over it. Move on. All right. So I get this sense that I'm, you know, God sends his messages to his angels. And I feel okay. like I'm heaven sent right now, right? <laughs> Okay. Cause I'm really good with reading vibes and things like that, right? Okay. So how it seems like these two things are synonymous, but it's like how do you feel and how can you go farther in business with the heart that you have? You know, that is probably one of the biggest things that I can see will probably will be my downfall if okay. I don't stop. Okay. The reason being is and I'm learning this and getting grown from it too. Mm-hmm. I gotta stop thinking with my heart and thinking with my mind, especially when it comes to turning a dollar over. Right. Especially because you're in business to make money, not to make friends. Right. And I'm learning that the hard way. Right. Um, so with that being said, at this point in my life, it's like two roles that I'm facing. Mm-hmm. Do you steer clear and become successful for what you know God has planned for you? Mm-hmm. Or do you carry everybody else with you? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm starting to be faced with a lot of difficult decisions Mm -hmm. that I am choosing my business over a lot of friendships. Mm -hmm. I've chosen my business currently over family. Mm -hmm. Um, and soon I'm choosing my business over comfort because I plan on leaving my full-time job. Mm And I prayed to get to the corporate office. Like I could remember going and I went on 18 and no, it was 16 interviews to get in the corporate office within two years. Mm-hmm. And when I finally got that position, I took a little bit of a pay cut because I was making commission. Mm-hmm. And I took a pay cut and I was like, I don't care, I'm getting in this corporate office. And when I got into the corporate office, I, I did. I got a raise, I got a promotion. And I thought to myself the other day, I'm like, well, am I being ungrateful because I prayed to God to get this position to get into this corporate office? Am I being ungrateful because I want to leave now? And my girlfriend was like, no, that was the stepping stone to get to the ultimate dream. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm facing now. So right. it's like, you know, making these decisions now to stand clear on success is the hardest thing ever because you get so comfortable in what you already know, who mm-hmm. you've been for the past couple of years. And right. that's who I've been for 31 years. So so I dislike Nicki Minaj a lot. I just <laughs> have my own reasons. And I just, you know, <laughs> she's just not my cup of tea, right? Okay. I just think she's kind of corny. <laughs> Not musically, but just her vibe and the things that she does is just whack to me. But she says something on an interview one time. She says, I'm hard on my staff because if I go out on the stage and my wig falls off or my clothes uh, malfunction somehow or the, 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 the guy who's playing the music in the background messes up, nobody looks at these people 
as the reason or blame these people. They look at oh, Nicki mm-hmm. Minaj, you know, hair fell out mm-hmm. or her sound was bad. They don't blame those people. So when you're in business, I'm I'm starting to understand, even with me owning businesses mm-hmm. at some point, you kind of got to understand, like, listen, this is my mission statement. Mm-hmm. I love you as a person, but this is what I want to do. I want to be able to give my customer the best experience. Mm-hmm. I'm focusing on retention. And a lot of times people who are workers don't understand the the the, the, the head of the giraffe. Because you're at a different level and mm-hmm. it's not like you're better than them, mm-hmm. but they can't see it from your mm-hmm. perspective. Mm-hmm. So when you're focusing on your business, everything that people do in your shops or any, any business that you do is on you. Mm-hmm. Looks, you know, whether you're mm-hmm. there or not. So like, it's kind of tough. But people know, people are are susceptible to, only, I mean, people are only going to do what you allow, mm-hmm. but they're also, also going to only do what they're accustomed to doing. So with you being a soft-hearted person, from just my opinion, I can see how people are only doing the things that they've been doing, and when they can't do it anymore, they feel that resistance, mm-hmm. they make you feel bad about it. Oh, yeah. <sighs> I wish I could talk about an, an experience right now. Right. I am. Whatever. Mm. Um... I allowed one of my friends to rent my brand new rental property. To live? To live. Okay. And everybody was like, bad idea, bad idea, bad idea, bad idea. Right. But me being a person thinking, no, that's my friend. Right. No, she need it. I'm going to look out for her. Turned out to be the biggest mistake I could have ever done. Okay. Ever done. Ever, ever done. Okay. I've done, I'm going to try to be a little anonymous about it because right. I can't say too much because everybody knows who some of my friends are. That's for sure. But I've done hair for free for this person. I've babysat children for this person. This person has paid me late a few different times, but you know, shit happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, a number of things. A number of things. Borrowed my car. Mm-hmm. A whole bunch of things. And when, in turn, they had to do something that... They did something bad to my belongings, my car. Mm-hmm. And I asked them to fix the issue. Right. It was a problem. Okay. Which then led to when it was time for this person to move out. It turned into this big old fiasco. So, we all know how the security deposit go. If you mess up something, it gets replaced through your security deposit. Mm-hmm. So now I'm, I'm a despicable bitch. Mm-hmm. I'm evil. Mm-hmm. I took I took this chance to use her money for such and such such. So in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, once again, you feel entitled to something. When you fucked up the unit, mm-hmm. you fucked up the relationship because you used me. Mm-hmm. The thing what I have, I'm learning too is they will need you before I need them, mm-hmm. which I try not to live that way. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly try not to think that way. But going forward, it's like, okay, so now that I'm being stern mm-hmm. and keeping the business part about it, you think because you know you did something that you should have fixed, mm-hmm. you automatically thinking I'm doing this because of that. No, see, what you fellow realize is I got my car fixed without you, number mm-hmm. one. Number two, I got that apartment fixed, and you, the 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 repairs went over what your deposit was. Mm-hmm. I don't want your money back. I just want to sever ties. Mm-hmm. Just keep it pushing. And it's like, why did it have to take all of that for us to come to that point? And it hurts. 
But then again, it's like, my mind, the way I'm going, another one bites the dust. But but you can't handle a small mishap. And, and I'm just assuming. I'm not, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, Like, a small mishap, like, oh, I broke the sink faucet. That's minor. That's okay, babe. Don't worry about it. I got you. You kind of need, which is bad, but you kind of need dramatic bad things to happen that force your hand to do the things that you really don't want to do. It's been, and and I and I wish, I wish that I could get to the point. To, like she needed to break it. She needed to like mess yeah. up your transmission. She needs to like put holes all in the wall, crayons and all that stuff on the walls for you to be like, you know what? You're not good for me. And I wish that like, I honestly need to start reading the signs earlier. Right. To be like, you know what? This person lived upstairs from me. This was the number one sign where it like kind of like kind of put the nail in the coffin. Mm -hmm. We had a grand opening for the shop, mm -hmm. and she lives upstairs, upstairs. Mm -hmm. And a bunch of people came from you know IUP came from whatever whatever, and they kept asking for her. Like I'm like, oh no, she never came downstairs. Never came downstairs, so I'm sitting there. And I'm so like, what's downstairs? It's like literally you gotta come oh, I got a three. I got a triplex. Okay. So it's three floors. Mm -hmm. That person lives on the third floor. Mm -hmm. I lived on the second. The shop is on the first. Right. So it's two flights of stairs. And the whole entire time they were upstairs. So this is so this is what made me realize a Not lot. Not even ten minutes. Yo, what's up? No, Hannah got never came past. Mind you, got cupcakes and everything. This person has children. So I found out the next day where it kind of was clear. I was waiting. We was all going to breakfast to celebrate the next day or whatever. And the person came downstairs and walked past me and didn't know I was in the shop. And I seen the kids and I spoke and I hugged the kids. And I was, they was like, yeah, mommy didn't let us come to the party. And we were begging. And she told us to shut up so nobody would know we was upstairs. And I said, oh, okay. I said, yeah, I'm a little upset with mommy too. I said, but y'all want a cupcake? And right. it was like, yes, yeah. so I gave the kids a cupcake, right. you know. And I and she looked at me, and I just shook my face, and she just stared at me looking like this dead gaze. And I just was, in my mind, I'm like, <laughs> you five minutes. You could have came in, got the kids a cupcake, and kept it pushing. People came, My one of my girlfriends came from the convention. It was a convention going on down at the convention center. She left the convention. Her and her girlfriend caught the L, walked from 60th Street, 60th from Market, came down the street, gave me a hug, and she took a quick selfie. She said, boo, I can't stay too long because I, I was at a convention. Okay, no problem. Here go your coupon. Mm -hmm. It was a bunch of people that came from, one of, the girl, one of my girlfriends from hair school works on 60th and Market. She had her apron on. She came. She said, I just want to come and support. Here, hey, selfie, bye. Mm. So in my mind, I'm like, you're my friend. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? Because we friends where I was on her emergency contact to pick her kids up. Right. So we friends, right? right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, damn, five minutes? Mm -hmm. No, 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 a minute. It takes, we're going to say five because it takes two minutes to come down the steps, come so in, get So she through really people. ain't got to really put a coat on, none of that. Like, you can run a hair. You can run down these steps and slide through the next door right like that. So you don't even have to go outside? You you go outside, you okay. come right around the corner, like, okay, whoop, just like that. All right. So with that being And said, I wish, at, what I'm saying about that, at that point, it kind of was clear to me, like, okay, cool, we're not friends, but... I would just keep it strictly business. 
And that's what I tried to do. Like, mm-hmm. I even said it to him, like, you know, you don't have to say nothing to me about it. No, no, I don't want you to feel no type of way. And, and then when she showed up, then like a week or two later, because I was kind of like avoiding her because my mouth, my tongue is crazy. And okay. that's something I got a crazy mouth. Like, okay. and I was like, Isis, before you cuss this girl out over something, just leave her where she is. And mm-hmm. I tried. Mm-hmm. I tried. She came and she tried to explain herself like a week later. And she bought like a gift or something or whatever. And I had a client, so I couldn't really talk, but she broke down and cried. Oh, I wasn't in a good space. And I and I and I looked at her and I was like, You really hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. Like and I still at that point it was no more left for me. Like it was no more that I could give or do to like in my mind it was a one sided friendship. Mm-hmm. And even after this, it was just like that's a one-sided friendship. And I need to learn, like, I'm learning that with men, though. Like, I'm learning that early with men because okay. I done been through some stuff with men. Okay. And this last relationship, he was like, oh, I'm so disposable. And I'm like, okay. I, I have to learn that it's okay for me not to want to deal with you. It's okay for me to walk away when I see I don't like the person that you are. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm learning. Like, if I don't like the person that you are and I don't like the traits and the characteristics and how you treat me, Cause you know somebody after three months, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Honestly, you start to really know somebody after three months, and after that, it's like, mm, not for me, not for me. But I feel like sometimes we put so much pressure or so much weight on time. It's like, oh, we've been friends since freshman year, college, ninth grade, such and such, such. And I told my one girlfriend this. I said, well, if I told you I was with this guy for three years, and you know he's not a good person for me. Mm-hmm. It's okay for me to leave that man alone, but a friendship as far as a girlfriend, oh, I got to hold on to this because of time? No, it's okay. Mm. I'm I'm okay with walking walking away from this. And it's okay for me to step off because I don't like how you treat me and I don't like you as a friend. So, so uh, that's crazy you said that because you, you skipped over so many things that I would try to go, oh, go back ahead, for. Go ahead, no, no, go ahead, it's, all, it's all good. It's all good. So... I believe that sometimes people are in your life for a long time. I've had mm-hmm. 15, 16, 17 best friends. Whether okay. I had a friend when I was seven, and he went from being my friend from seven, my best friend from seven to nine, we moved away, and that was basically, I believe everything is in time, and so mm-hmm. that was his time. Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes people are taken to a point where they can't go beyond that, mm-hmm. and then that's, that's where they are, that's mm-hmm. where they're supposed to stay. But let me ask you two things, right? Mm-hmm. Can you buy the story of saying that I'm not in a good place? And I'm asking that because that's really an honest thing for people. Now, I'm not asking you to be compassionate because it's going to be listening yeah. and saying, man, fuck that. She ain't got, man, fuck that. But the thing is, sometimes people, you you can't be happy for somebody if you're not happy for yourself. I'm not that way, but certain people are. I mean, we, we all have different, mm-hmm. different things that, cha- that that makes us, that separates us from being the same. Mm-hmm. But if I know that I'm not in the right space, I can't be down there giving off a bad vibe. So out of respect, I just can't come. Now, can we worry so much about that one person that didn't come and forget about all the people that did and then use these people as a measuring stick to say, this person came, this person came, this person came from a convention, got on the L, so you have no excuse because you was three minutes away. Is that fair? Now, I'm not taking her side. I'm just asking the question. Service thinking, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Service thinking. I really can't. 
Because even if you're not in a good space, a text message could have sufficed as well. Sorry, couldn't make it. Random little post on Instagram. Anything to show some type of support. And if you're not in the right space at that moment, because you say this friendship means whatever to you, at that moment, I can't make it ice. All right. Whatever. Or oh, I, I, why I, did it take for me to say something to you to even acknowledge the fact that you didn't support or you didn't you weren't there? The conviction, right? I mean, I know I did. I know I did wrong. I can't mm-hmm. even look you in your face because I know I did wrong. So the I needed you to say something because I didn't have the heart to say something to you. But once again, we're gonna go back on maturity. Okay. You're a grown woman. I, listen, and we put that on people so much. Like, grown women, it's not an age. As soon as you turn a certain age, you're a grown woman. True. I mean, obviously, right? That's if, true. I mean, 18 years old, you could go to prison with grown women. But that doesn't really make you a grown woman. You mature not by your age, but by your actions and how you are. So you might just be, you are the mother's bosom to the whole team, right? <laughs> so you might just look at things different. And, like, I know we're speaking hypothetically here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, we got to be honest. This is your friend. This is the person who you would emergency contact. You, da, da, da. So if this person But once again, that you, goes to this, too. It's a one-sided friendship. Because in any relationship, it should really be give and take. Even if it's not even... It doesn't even, come back the same way, though. It doesn't have to come back the same way. You don't need her you, like she needs you. You don't need to borrow her car. I'm, I'm not going to borrow your car, and then next week you're going to borrow my car. You don't need her for that. Y'all not that same type of friend. So so what What am I supposed to receive from that part of her friendship? You get what I'm saying? Like, right. You got to find out what's, what you receive from her. But it doesn't mean that every her everything you do for somebody shouldn't and hasn't is not going to be reciprocated exactly True. the same way. I get that. Right. I totally get that. I right. totally get that. Especially me being who I am. And like you said, who do you go to for, you know, right. I totally get that. Because you got friends that can't do nothing for you. Oh, yeah, she was one of them. Right, can't do nothing for you, but that doesn't eliminate them from being your friend. Mm, it can. Now, I'm not saying, now, we're talking about two different things. We're talking about a user and a friend that can't do something for you. Now, if she's a user, she finds a way to manipulate situations to get things from you, and, and you enable her, mm-hmm. then that's something different than somebody who just can't do nothing for you. Well, that that's that borderline that she became... A user. Okay, so let me ask you this: If this person that was your friend mm-hmm. that borrowed your car, mm-hmm. that you you know you 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 gave her your spot, mm-hmm. well, I mean you 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 did all of these things for. Her. If this person texted you and said, "I can't make it," you would still come down here and do service thinking. We would still have this conversation, and you would say, "A friend of mine that lived upstairs texted me and go and say." She couldn't make it. No. To be honest. You can't say that. No, like no, 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 no. Let me tell you why. Because I feel like it would have changed my whole mindset of you not coming. You get what I'm saying? And not saying anything. Like, honestly. You would have said that's not a good enough excuse. I no, was around. I didn't. No. No. It was a few people that didn't show up. That sent text messages. One of my girlfriends sent, like, a text message. And then, like, a couple weeks later, she sent some flowers. Mm-hmm. Like, you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I got another friend. Oh, my male best friend. Black ass ain't show up either. Okay. And he was supposed to meet my boyfriend because my boyfriend was like, oh, he's supposed to be your best friend, blah, 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 blah. So he hyped it up. <laughs> he hyped it up. He hyped it up. I blocked him. Okay. And after I blocked him, he he, he was like, oh, my God. 
I totally forgot my daughter was in the hospital. I'm like, yo, dog, all these excuses I ain't trying to hear. I'm off you right now. And he's like, no, you really got to understand. I'm sorry, such and such such. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, it was a few people that just could not come. Like, had to work. Text messages, I had to work. Couldn't come. Cool. I just want you to understand perfection. And you have to be perfect when these things. So you tell me. Me? Yes. Be perfect? Yes. So you're <laughs> no. telling me your calendar and your iPhone or your phone, you have, your calendar has dates of everybody's event that's coming up. And then you know if you No, I miss a lot it. of people's stuff. So, but something as significant as let me tell you why I really was hurt too. So it's a, it's, it's more things than than just that. Because yeah, my thing is, you can text me at ten or thirty, eleven o'clock at night and ask me to do your hair, and you come downstairs. Mm-hmm. You'll leave your children upstairs sleep. Come downstairs and get your hair done. Right. But you couldn't send a message to say you couldn't make it or you were going through something and didn't want to come. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? So my thing it, it is a lot of stuff that kind of goes into that. Mm-hmm. So as a friend, as somebody that reaped the benefits of this business, you could not support because you were going through something? Mm. I, I think, don't know. I, I, I think you, I mean, I'm not saying you need it, but I think you had to have more things happen. For you to basically cancel her out. Oh yeah, it was way more. It was so it was she, a lot more. If she wouldn't have did more. that, if she wouldn't have did that to your car, if she wouldn't have did that to your house, if she wouldn't have did some of the other things that she have done, this one event you could have let pass. That one event, I I could have a little bit, but it kind of it really just showed. See, this is another thing that I, I I feel too. Envy comes in a lot of shapes and forms, mm-hmm. and. I'm a person that sometimes I can't even decipher from that. And once again, me being humble, I don't, I wouldn't, I hate saying that somebody is envious of me. Mm-hmm. But as I tell other people the story, they like, what, what? Oh no, you know what that is. You get what I'm saying? And I still was like, nah, I ain't trying to, nah, that's not hard. No. But you gotta, like you said, some people are not happy in the space that they're in. Mm-hmm. And once again, can't be happy for you. And at that moment, I I just wanted the support. You mm-hmm. get what I'm saying? Especially because in any regard or any time of need that you need and I'm there for you, you couldn't even, I didn't ask you to buy nothing for the event. I didn't ask you to stay 45 minutes of event. I asked you to spend $20 on the $20 shampoo and curls we were given. You just needed to come down two flights of steps, hug, show some love, and go upstairs. But the next week, you asked if I could do a ponytail. I told you how much the ponytail was, and you wanted a discount. Mm. See what I'm saying? So it's like, okay, what in what regard do you really support and be a friend? Like, why are you asking me for a discount? But if Mei Ling was going to do your feet, you wasn't going to ask her for no discount. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So in any regard, when it comes to a friendship, it's not there. Mm-hmm. It's not there. It's, it's one-sided. You get what I'm saying? And it should not have taken so much to figure that out. And I should have left it where I was because we wasn't speaking for a few for a couple of years. But it was like me being me, you know. But at, in some regards, at some point, you got to leave people where they are. And, yeah, we all go through stuff. Like, I'm, I'm a person that can honestly say, like, I've been through a, a lot of shit. You know, depression, you know, contemplating suicide. My mother's mentally 
ill. My grandmom's on hospice right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I got a brother that's locked up. Like, I go, we all go through a lot of shit. But at some point, you step away, you support those that support you. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's, it's, it's easy. You get what I'm saying? Like, if you love somebody and if you support, you show up. Like, it is what it is. Like, and if you can't. I still can't get past the fact that you're saying like, oh, I can't show up and you're upstairs. What's holding you back from showing from from coming down the steps? I mean, what's what's calling you? I just I just don't think that you like with anything she says. She, you don't you can't buy it. I understand. Like I've not me per se, but I've known people who can't come to stuff because they're gonna be like a dead well. That was a bunch of stuff before, and then that was like. A big significant spot and then other stuff down the line happened too. Animals. Let me ask you about animals. Animals. What animal are you scared of? Roaches. Okay. And mice. You scared of roaches and 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 mice. Okay. Do you want to be scared of roaches and mice? No. You wish you could overcome the fear and not be scared of them. Like, be in a room with... not Who, who wants who to be in a room? Be room? <laughs> like, that if it ran across the table, you wouldn't be mine. You yeah, wouldn't mind, right? I wouldn't mind. So, you can't control your emotions or how you feel about a mouse in a roach. Right. I'm do you think a person... Do you think a per? <laughs> do you think a person who is not happy where they are in life, jealous... Because I, I think jealous and envy are two different things, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, like, two different things. You know, yeah. you wish you had it, but I'm not trying to take it from you, so I say that's jealousy, but envy is like, you know, F this. Mm-hmm. How can... You can't control your emotions. So if she knows that she's jealous, I don't think that you can control being jealous. It's a human trait. So, if she came down here and she's sitting there and she just like looking at everybody laughing and everything like that, and she's not comfortable in her own skin, you gonna sense that? I'm not buying that. Okay, that's fine. I mean, I'm I, not buying I'm it. on your team, I agree. I, the reason why I'm not buying it, you go out, mm-hmm. you go out, go to the club, go to the parties, do the, and, and sometimes this person goes out and hangs out by herself. I understand that, but you, you, which I'm on your team. I agree with you. I don't want you and nobody listening thinking like, what the hell is he talking about? But what I'm saying, what I'm saying to you is that's a different environment. Even though that that's so close, that's a different environment. The environment is just totally different. Um, You probably got to look at the, um, go to the, um, the Wi-Fi. It's going to be the Armstrong's EXT. Um, But, it's different. It's different to go to. It's easy to go to the bar and drink and mask your issues, right? It's mm-hmm. it's easy to do that, but like going down there into this positivity, into this happiness, into this everybody celebrating you. It's about you. It's tough. It's it's just flat out tough. And can you handle it? Ext. Oh, I it's, think I connected to the Xfinity. Okay. Yeah, so it's popping up. <laughs> so, when we talk about like. How do you recognize depression? How can you recognize it? How did you know you were in it? How did you know what it looked like? When I realized I wasn't myself. And um, I had a a few people... um, I had a few people keep reaching out to me like, Yo, where you at? Um, And and once again, my younger sister. Like, I told you, this girl's like 
more intelligent than what she really understands she is sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes she doesn't give herself enough credit because she's the younger sister. Yeah, flip it. And um Is it the top left corner? This one right here? Yep. All right, thanks. Mm -hmm. All right, here we go. Um, but I the because I'm usually the life of the party. I could be very bubbly. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, it's the Gemini in me. <laughs> It's not a good test. Like oh, I'm, I'm a Gemini to the heart. It's not a good horoscope. <laughs> but um, you start to realize that like you just you're not yourself, and like you can look at yourself and realize you're you're just not yourself, you mm -hmm. know. And could you be happy for anybody in that time? Mm. Mm. I see where you okay. Going with this. All right, I'm saying I'm sorry. All right, I mean. Go. I, I, I'm not taking away from that. I mean, I, I can understand it will really be hard. It will really, really, really be hard to be happy for someone else and you're not happy for yourself, you know. Um, but, you know, recognizing it, 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 that takes a big, 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 that's a strength in itself to recognize that. Because as we all know, some people don't make it through depression. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? So... It's one of those things where, like, you got to, as cliche as it may sound, you got to pull that from within mm -hmm. and really be like, yo, I need to get some help. Mm -hmm. And um, I've, I think I've been depressed a number of times, you know. Is it depressed or heartburn? Like, how can we recognize depression? Crying. Last year, I went through depression. Um, I felt like I wasn't where I wanted to be at 30. Like, you, you just discussed mm -hmm. setting those goals and then not hitting them and, being such a hustler and a go-getter, and I'm looking at my bank account like, oh, what is this? Right. Um, an ex left me for somebody else. Mm -hmm. um, once again, my mom, my mom really takes me through it because, like, I think sometimes I'm still chasing this relationship that I want with my mother that I probably will never get, mm -hmm. you know. And I, not, and I could be honest, I envy some relationships that some of my friends have with their mothers because I'll never have that, you know. What? Jealous, what? jealousy, jealous, or envy? I think envy is where you want you want what that person has in a sense. Jealous okay. is like, why the fuck they got? You know what I'm okay. saying? I think that's the difference. Okay. That's why I say envy. Because okay. I can I can honestly admit that like some relationships that I see my girlfriends have with their moms, and even my sisters have with their daughters. Like I will never have that with my mom because she's schizophrenic, bipolar, manic depressant. Mm -hmm. And some days I'm I'm looking around suburban station for my mom to find her, mm -hmm. you know. And I don't think a lot of people know how deep and how real that is. Like, you know, mental health is a crazy thing, and mm -hmm. I think it's swept underneath the rug where we really need to pay attention to that because there's a lot of. It's start. It's starting. It's starting to become it's, like yeah. it's, it's it's taking the it's taking the. Uh... It's taken a place for like fitness because fitness has really been mm -hmm. a big thing, eating mm -hmm. healthy. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, after people are like, getting their body together, they're starting mm -hmm. to say, okay, you can't get your body together, not your mind. mind. So now I Absolutely. feel like people are starting to gradually get into see how serious it is mm -hmm. because you can recognize it right, in more, right. more ways. So mm -hmm. let's talk about that. Talk about your mom having these. Now, with the, the, the diagnosis, is, I mean, the, the, the things that she has. Is there a medicine that calms that? Like, if mm -hmm. she takes her medicine, she'll be cool? Mm hmm If she takes her medicine, we can have a... My, my mom scored so high on her IQ test that everybody that knows my mom knows she's highly intelligent, mm -hmm. you know. 
Um, but when she t- does take, she she can get a shot now instead mm-hmm. of taking like a medicine every night or something like that. Mm-hmm. She can get a shot once a month, and that shot will keep her like you know good for ever. But what people fail to realize when it comes to mental illness, when they get that shot and they've been getting it for like six months, they think they're healed. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, well, I'm good. Now I don't need to go back and get it. And it's like, uh-uh, you do. Mm-hmm. And it's my mom stabbed me a year before I graduated from IUP. And I got like a stab, like mark right here and down my back. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the hardest things was forgiveness because it's like you got to check yourself where it's like, Wait a minute. She wasn't in the right mind. But then you'd be like, man, fuck that. That's my mom. Then you'd be like, well, it is my mom. And it's like, well, do you forgive your mom? Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, all those emotions come in. And this is not the traditional relationship that most people would have with their mother, Mm -hmm. you know. But I'm on FMLA because of my mama. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because, like, some days I got to leave from work take her to the doctor's office to sit there and watch her get her shot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been times I'll, I got to sit and say, Mom, take your medicine right in front of me. I took it. And I'd be like, it's 9 o'clock. Take your medicine. I'd lift your tongue. Do this. Do that. You know. So that's that's the relationship I got with my mom. You know, and it's like... So can you be... Or, or, I don't care. Ask me whatever. whatever. Can, you, can you perceive that as being selfish? Me? Or me? Mm-hmm. What do you mean? I mean... The, the fight to want her to be regular, regular? or to be her. To, so now, are you, can you say that you want her to take her medicine every day because you want her to be well for her or you want it to be well for you? I'm going to say it's both. Okay. Let me say, let me say why both. On her end, my mom will attack people. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's been locked up for attacking me. Okay. Attacking this white guy down at 30th Street. Okay. <laughs> um, one of my, my male's friend's mom, um, on a number of occasions. So, it's like, okay, you're going to attack the wrong person mm-hmm. one day. You know what I'm saying? Where, like, somebody's not going to know me and respect the fact that you're my mom and not do nothing and just call me. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to walk into the wrong person that may be just as crazy as you are. Or somebody that's going to call the cops or fight back mm-hmm. and she gets hurt. You get what I'm saying? Sure. So on that on that realm, it's like she's not in her right mind state to understand that you need to take this medicine to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. And when they get so delusional, that, that reality is not there. Like she'll have conversations with me and she'll refer to herself as my father. Or she'll have a conversation with me and she'll refer to herself as her boyfriend that she was with, you know. So it's like, we even think, me and my sisters had a conversation one time where we think she has like multiple personality disorder. Mm -hmm. Because she'll have a conversation with you one way, the next person she's talking to, the tone of her voice changes. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? So that's more so protection for her. But you damn right on my side, I want my mom to be normal so I can come home and have a conversation with her and you know, talk to her and, you know, try my hardest to find her. You know what I'm saying? Like, at one point, my mom was the, the hottest bitch on the block. Right. You know, she had six kids, owned her own house, had a car, she worked, you know. And I want that back. I want her back. And, and not only that, it's like, you know, my biggest fear is, like, to have children. And I, they don't have a grandmother, mm-hmm. you know. Or, like, my nieces and nephews now, they, they see that. You know, and like a couple times my nieces and my nephews found my mom in a park laying on the ground and they seen somebody pissing on my mom. 
You get what I'm saying? So on mm. both sides, I want that shit for me and I want that for her. Like, who the fuck wants to say like they seen their mom in the alleyway getting pissed on, you know? So yeah, I'm being selfish for her to get this relationship back with my mom. But it's like, fuck that. Ain't nobody going to do nothing to my mother. So it's like, if I got to drag her every month on Thursday, we going to do it. We going to do it again. But if I got to do it every month, I'm going to do that for my mother. You get what I'm saying? And it's like, some days I get so tired of the relationship that we have because it's like, I feel like I'm the parent, you know? And then sometimes I feel like, damn, like, mom, just get it together. And you, you, in your right mind, you like, yo, this, you can't be this fucking crazy. Like, you can't be this off that you're not thinking and then when you talk to the therapist, they're like, but she is. You know, that's a hard thing. So when you ask if it's selfishness on my part or for her, I'm, I'm definitely going to say it's both because I want, when I get married, I want my mom to be dressed in the mother of the bride dress. Like, you know, I, I want all of that. But in the, re, the realistic part of my mind, I honestly don't think I'm ever going to really get that. You know? So in high school, I wanted to stay prop coach. <laughs> I wanted to stay prop coat. Um, I wanted braids. I had braids, but I wanted long hang time, and I didn't get it. But I surpassed that that wave. Mm -hmm. I really feel like it's certain things that are an ocean, and my mentality and my brain is my ocean because it is never going anywhere. I pray, mm -hmm. but most of these things are waves. So I'm all right without it. You know, I'm all right without that state prop code. Mm -hmm. I could go probably get one now. Probably ain't going to have the same feel, but I could get it. But my point is, sometimes we have dreams, right? Mm -hmm. Things we want. And then sometimes we can get so fascinated with the dream that we can lose sight of what we do have, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And you got to feel like, figure out, like, what is my thing? Like, okay, you know, they say if you lose your eyesight, you can smell better yeah. or you can hear mm -hmm. better. Mm -hmm. So if you lose that motherly affection, what do you get out of that? How are you better or how are you worse? And be able to work on that mm -hmm. so that way you're not worrying about what you don't have. You're focusing on what you do have. And I know that's tough. It's like, yo, I want my mother. Now, my mom passed away when I was young. Mm -hmm. I mean, I lost a daughter, of course. I wanted to see her grow up and, mm -hmm. and, and, and have children and all those things. Mm -hmm. But it's just like, it's still a lot of life to live where mm -hmm. you got to be like, I'm doing this because this is what I want to do. But I'm not really worried about... I think you might have to let go of what you want and do best what's for her. And it's tough because she's like, I want my mom, I want this, I want that. But it's like, my cousin uh, had a son and he was rushed to the hospital. It was looking bad. It didn't look good. And he called me and obviously he called me because of what I went through mm -hmm. with my daughter. And he was just like, yo, cuz I don't know, like, what's they saying something wrong with his brain? I said, we're not worrying about... Um, his brain or what he won't be able to do if he won't be able to walk or talk. Mm -hmm. Is he going to live? Right? Focusing on that one thing. Is he going to live? Because if you start focusing on all these other things, it starts to get you away and you start to go mentally insane. Mm -hmm. He's going to live. And then after that, you already know that God's never going to put more on you than you can bear and you'll be able to handle it. So, therefore, after he realized that he... the Prime example, the only thing it was, I want him to live. So if you had an idea, I'm just asking, mm -hmm. your one wish, you could have, she'd be a great mom for me, or she'd be a great woman for herself. What would you want? 
Now, if this is a question you have to think about, you got to understand that what you're asking for. I know. It's okay I mean, I'm to, hearing it. It's I'm okay to miss it. this trip. I'm, I'm hearing it, but. It's not easy, though. Yeah, that fear of it, you know, like, even, I, I would love to, for my mother to be the great woman for herself, but just the experiences and seeing that I've, that I, what I've experienced thus far from her just being on her own, it's, it's a scary feeling because it's like, damn, like, if I don't do X, Y, and Z, what's going to happen to her? You get what I'm saying? And it's like. I'm the only one doing for her. So you put a lot of pressure on yourself. I do. And it's like, if you don't, uh, if something happens and you don't do something about it, then you'll blame yourself, right? So I have a friend, right? And she's going to kill me for telling this story. (laughs) (laughs) So her mom passed away and her mom was on dialysis and all of these other Mm -hmm. things. So since that day, she wanted to go to school to help people with dialysis and she wanted to do mm-hmm. all of those things and it was like, yo, I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do that, I'm doing, I'm doing. And it was like, all right, cool. Now she's about to finish school. Now she's doing it, but she's going back to school to get more, all of that extra stuff that they do when they go back to school. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, I don't want to work in a hospital anymore. <laughs> you know, I want to open up my business and this is a business that she had that she wanted to open. And I said, yo, I'm going to tell you the realest thing that you're ever going to hear that somebody needs to tell you, and I'm going to do it because I'm not scared of you. I said, it's not your fault that your mom passed away. Mm-hmm. And you helping 50,000 people that suffered from the same issues that she had, it's not going to make you feel whole mm-hmm. because they're not the one person that you wanted to save. But when you realize it was nothing that you could do to save her, it'd be easier for you to live your dream. My aunt passed away from breast cancer. I have another aunt who had it and beat it. I'm not spending the rest of my life being on a voyage to solve breast cancer, but in October and 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 when they have fundraisers, things like that, I'm supporting them. If I start my business and it does well, I'm gonna support it. So some things we gotta kind of let go to be able to still help because we cloud it, mm-hmm. we cloud it, mm-hmm. and it's just like, do you blame your brothers and sisters for not helping as much as you? I don't blame them, but I'm angry with. The ones that I know could. Like, okay. my sisters, I don't blame them at all because they made the, that decision, one, because they got children. Okay. You know, um, and I and I respect that. But also, my sisters can't do it because they are, like, the 24-hour prim- primary caretakers for my grandma that's on home hospice, you okay. know? So, I don't, I don't blame them, but it's like, I tried at one point, like, so my brothers, I had lived in, um, I lived close to right here in Logan somewhere on 13th Street between, like, um... It was right around the corner from the um, the shrimp place. What's mm-hmm. right on the Yeah, okay. I lived right around the corner from there, and it was a four bedroom house, two mm-hmm. bed, two bathrooms. And when I left, was because I brought my property that I had mm-hmm. now. So what I did was, um, my little brothers was like, "Oh well, can you can you keep it in your name for us?" And <laughs> and I was like, "Nigga, you crazy." <laughs> Right. I was like, I'll let you mess up my money before I let you mess up my credit. Like, right. Right. So I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do this. So I called the Brentwood office and I was like, you know, I'm going to let them keep my security deposit. I was like, I'm going to let them keep my security deposit. They need to stay here. So they did. Sign the paper. They kept it. So it was my mom, my three brothers, 
in a four bedroom house. Everybody had their own room, two bathrooms, everything. I left the refrigerator. I left it. I left everything. I was like, y'all, y'all be great. Mm-hmm. See ya. it four months later, right? <laughs> the shit started hitting the fan. Right. My brother called me like, yeah, your mom ain't take medicine. You need to come up here and get her. No, right. no, I'm not driving all the way up there to go do this. I'm like, I think if she's not doing what she needs to do, you know what you got to do. Like, mm. call the people, blah, 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 blah. He was like, you know what, you stupid bitch? Mm. Cuss me out. So he's like, I'm going to throw you. Because my dog was standing, because where I was staying at, at the moment, I couldn't keep my dog. Mm. I'm going to throw this effing dog in the backyard. Mm. Now, I don't have children. I don't know if you know how. You know, right. us women that don't have children and our dogs. I had my dog since she was two months. Okay. And I'm like, what's up there in the Uber? I get there, they can't find my dog. Okay. My dog is like a little Maltese. Okay. So I'm freaking out. Mind you, it's Logan, right? So right. I'm like, somebody's gonna steal my dog. Right. We get in an argument, we end up tussling. And you and I, your brother? Yeah. Okay. So I kind of, I did, I went off. Right. So my other brother came in from the alleyway with the dog. She all messed all up. Now later is all over. <laughs> Leaves all over. Right. So I like took my dog and I was like, nigga, you ain't got, never got to worry about me ever again. Two months later, he got locked up. Another brother got locked up. The other brother moved in with it, his baby mom. And my mom was in the house with the lights off. Mm. So I'm like, here we go. So I couldn't really do much because my house was like literally in a, they had just gutted the whole building. Mm -hmm. I was staying with a best friend's mom. Like it was just a mess. So I was like, mom, look, we had to find a room until I could do X, Y, and Z. So she like, all right. When she got into the room, she didn't like the conditions of the room. So she started sleeping outside. Now she's not taking the medicine. So then, the ex that I mentioned a, a few minutes ago, he called me like, yeah, your mom came to my job, called me a pedophile. <laughs> your mom told me I was just, said she was going to kill me. I'm like, what? So now, once again, I'm out of there looking for my mom. So, I, I mean, I tried. He came home from jail recently. Like, yeah, let me just take mommy again. I'm, a, I'm, a, She good, I'm going to take her. And I'm thinking to myself, like, no. Like, yeah. heck no. And it's like, I tried, you know, I did, I tried to release it. Like, I tried to release it, and it's just like, okay, I tried it. I've been there. It doesn't work. And honestly, all my brothers and sisters, I think it's so funny because when I come around, my mom only shapes up for me. Like, mm-hmm. I'll walk in the room, my mom be like, they lying on me. <laughs> and I'll be like, no, all right, mom. But so I feel like, as selfish as it may seem, I feel like my mom is only going to do right with me, you know, mm-hmm. and I know it may sound selfish, but it's like without me, I don't think the only time she really did good, did really really good, was when she was on probation. Okay. And that was because of her doing what she did to me. Right. She was on probation, and when she came home, she did real good. As soon as she got off probation, it was just like right. she hit the fan again. So know? let's talk about the stabbing, right? Mm-hmm. Not even to get to that point. What I'm that okay th- with you asking no, me. No, 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 okay, but like. What? What does that feel? I mean, I feel like, for me, I think the the hurt of it to my mm-hmm. heart will hurt more than the actual mm-hmm. stat, right? Mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, I can't imagine that that's something that you should have deserved at that time. Right. 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 So. You want to know how it happened or you want to know like. I mean, if you, if you care to share, that's cool. Oh, um, so my mom has a house down the bottom. She okay. actually turned it over to me. Get, okay. Sold it to me for a dollar. Okay. So, but, you know. Um, so at that time, she wanted to get the house fixed up. So I was helping her fix the house up. So, so I'll say this too, like, you know. I think what led to her mental illness or her mental breakdown was a bunch of different stuff, you know, drugs, alcohol, um, her lifestyle, as far as like her, you know, my mom was a stripper, Mm -hmm. you know, um, so it's a a multitude of things, you Mm -hmm. know, the light, you know, your environment can lead to a lot of that too, you you know, um, so that kind of took her there but she kept asking to get out of that neighborhood she didn't want to be in there no more she wanted to fix it up so she could rent it out and you know move on so i'm like all right mom let's do it so i was home for the summer from iep and um i was helping her get everything together we brought doors paint spackle drywall flooring everything so the doors that we brought were too big for the door. So she was like, we got to take them back. So I'm like, all right, well, when I get off of work, I'll come and do whatever. But I got to get somebody to put the truck again. So she kept asking for this receipt. Kept asking for the receipt. And I'm like, mom, I'm going to be there with the receipt. So she, I give her the receipt. And we talk, and I'm like, well, who's going to take you? So she said, I'm going to take him. I'm going to take it myself. And I'm like, well, are you going to get, where's the guy with the truck? So this person pulls up with a truck and we going back and forth and she slips out and says like, you don't need to worry what I'm going to do with this. And if you, you, you brought the doors for me. So if I want to spend this money on whatever the fuck I want to spend the money on, I'm looking at her like, so you about to spend the money on what? Right. So we got in the argument and I tried to snatch the receipt back and she like punched me in the face. <laughs> okay. So my mom, like she quit too. Right. Like my mom probably like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna say like five, six, maybe like 145, mm-hmm. 150. And like, she, I mean, hit me hard too. It was like one of the things, like, what the? Right. So I'm still trying to grab the receipt. And my brother, like, kind of came in the, in the middle of us. And she picked up this bottle and, like, smacked me in the face with it. What kind of bottle? Like a glass bottle? It was like, you know how you can buy one of those decorative bottles from, like, Ross? Mm-hmm. It was like one of those, like one of those decorative that you kind of sit on your mm. your end table or something like glass? that. Yeah, it's glass. Okay. So when she hit me across the face with it, I got a gash right there, and I couldn't really see, and it was like broken, and that's when she came at me and like boom. So we with a that, knife? No, with the bottle. Okay. With the bottle, and then she just started like hitting me with it, mm. and then I, I didn't even notice I was bleeding until my girlfriend said something. And, like, we were fighting, you know. Mm-hmm. We was tussling because Neil was like, yo, you hit me with a fucking bottle. Mm-hmm. So that's when my little brother like, yo, mom, you tripping. And all I could hear her say is, I'm going to kill this bitch today. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so after we, like, broke it up or whatever, so I think a neighbor called the cops. And when a cop pulled up, he looked at me. He seen everything, like, so much blood on me. He was like, oh. And, she, and then she even admitted, she like, yeah. That bitch ran in my house and this and this and that. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, yo. Right. More hurt than anything. Yeah. yeah. And like, I called my younger sister and my little sister was like, no, she didn't. No, she didn't. And they showed up at the hospital and my neighbor's all like, yeah, mommy, just, just too much now. This mm-hmm. is too much. 
And she told him I ran in her house trying to attack her. And, you know, but you know how the Commonwealth is, you know. But I, I'll never forget when I had to testify because they make you go to court like, oh, we're going to lock you up or da, 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 whatever. So when I showed up to court, and I, I really didn't want to say much. Like, and the judge was like, do you need a minute to think about your responses because you're under oath. I looked at the, I said, Your Honor, I'm not here to get my mom thrown under the jail. Mm -hmm. She need help. Right. And I said, you know, I, I kind of blame a lot of this on the system because if she was getting the help that she needed, maybe some of this wouldn't happen. Right. I said, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I want my mom to go to jail and this and this and that. I want her to get the help. And if I got to say this on stand and do that, y'all need to get rid of help. Right. And he looked at me and he said, well, what kind of help do you think she need? I talked to him and it turned from the attorneys to me and the judge having a conversation, which right. I thought was crazy. Right. And he was like, I appreciate that. And he was like, we'll make sure we figure this out. And then somebody from one of the other, like, um, it was called a Worcester Street Project. They ended up reaching out to her and help her get housing and stuff like mm -hmm. that. But that, that hurt me to my heart because once again, you know, you doing something to help her or you doing something to help somebody else and they turn on you, mm -hmm. you know? And it's not just like a girlfriend. It's not a cousin. It's not like that. It's your mother, mm -hmm. you know? So, so do you, like when these things happen, like these, not crazy, but these things happen, do you say, I don't blame my mom, I blame the illness? Cause is it her, do you feel like it's her or you feel like it's the illness? I'm starting to blame the illness. Okay. Yeah, like now, where we are currently, I, I definitely blame the illness, you know, because I don't think she would do a lot of the things if she was in her right mind. You know, I really, really don't think my mom would do a lot of Because my mom, she's like that, that mother bear, you know. Mm -hmm. Somebody else touch a kid, she go off, you right. know. So when she does this type of stuff to us, I, I really, I, I blame the illness. So, I mean, you got this idea. I mean, not this idea, but you got this picture of your mom at her peak of who she was when she was mm -hmm. you know the next thing smoking mm -hmm. is that what really hurts you the most because you you try to remember her at that point when she was in her heyday yeah is yeah. it possible she can get back to that heyday is it like is it like court ordered medicine where she can take <laughs> the medicine and you know she has to go to the police district if she don't they arrest her or anything no like that's that? the hardest part about the whole mental illness because they have rights, mm -hmm. you know, they, they have rights and they say automatically, if they don't want to do it, we can't really force them. But what happens when they become a, a danger to, which I don't understand, like if somebody needs help mentally, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. and they do something bad, like stab you mm -hmm. or, or attack somebody else, it's not really them that's doing it. So mm -hmm. you putting them in jail doesn't really, it doesn't hurt, mm -hmm. help the situation. And the only reason why she got the real help was because... The, the treatment court and me pressuring or saying what needed to be said as as the victim, mm -hmm. that led to that. You okay. get what I'm saying? And um, it was a domestic thing. Mm -hmm. And in order for her to, you know, get back into society successfully, they seen it, that that would be the best thing for her, you know? So you also said the causes of all of those things were because of, you know, dibbling and dabbling into drugs mm -hmm. and, and, all, and, that, and that type of lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So... Is it impossible for it to be, like, um, hereditary? Oh, it's hereditary. Because okay. I think, like, 
they say that like um I can't remember exactly how it go, but it's an age limit where it can skip certain people. Mm-hmm. Um, like the hereditary part, like it can skip men if like if they don't get it by the time they're like twenty one or twenty three, then you good. Mm-hmm. Women, I think it's actually younger. I don't know to be like exact, but that's another reason why. Like at this day and age, right now in my life, like. I am seriously, seriously learning to protect my mental. Mm-hmm. You know, like I really want to protect my mental because as I stated before, like I feel like I was strong enough to, to decipher it and find out that I was depressed. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things where like you got to be strong enough to avoid having that mental breakdown, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like starting to choose you, you know, and then starting to say no because you know that it's not going to affect you in the right way. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, at this day and age, that's what I say a lot of times. Like, no, I'm co- no, I can't do that. No, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. Because I feel myself getting so overwhelmed with some stuff. I try to avoid putting myself in a position where I may snap out and not bounce back. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because it, it, it has a lot to do with your environment. Mm-hmm. It, it's not, I think sometimes the alcohol and the drugs can trigger it. Mm-hmm. It might like turn it on, but then the environment might just make it explode. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And every situation is different, but dealing with so much and being overwhelmed and taking on this and taking on that. And then you look up and you in the last stall of the bathroom crying that's like hold up, like mm-hmm. something not good, and I and I and I had to be strong enough to say to myself like, Isis, this ain't right. This you're not good. Like, and I was like crying for no reason sometimes, mm-hmm. and I thought to myself one day like, Yo, I hate to say it like that. I'm like, I don't want to be like my mom. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And it's like stopping yourself to understand. And smelling the roses and really understanding certain blessings that you have. Like, not mm-hmm. even, like, the material stuff. Like, I think I'm blessed to be 31 years old and still have my mind. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? I think I'm honestly blessed to say that at 31, I still have my mom. I, I My grandmother was a big, you know, major support system in my life. And those are some of those things that, you, like, I got friends that I could call. I got sisters that I have. It's some people that don't have sisters, you know. Mm-hmm. So, at at 31, I'm learning to be like, you know what? <laughs> they ain't going to work for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I got to step away or, no, I can't do that. No, I'm sorry, I don't have it. Like, you mm-hmm. know, that's why I'm learning at this point. So, so how did you get out of the depression? <sighs> Last summer, um, no, this was two years ago, actually. Two years ago, I was, yep, because my 30th birthday, I had went away. I wasn't speaking to my sisters and whatever. My 30th birthday, um, my grandmom had went into the hospital. Mm-hmm. And she um, has a MS and COPD. And they kind of basically told us, like, she don't want to go to the doctor. She don't want to go to rehab. So we putting on hospice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hospice is it's give or take, you know, you could be on hospice for five, seven years. You could be out on hospice for a year and die. So that was like, whoa, wait a minute, my grandma? Mm. So then it was my mom, once again, doing her. (laughs) And then I had, the guy I was with for two, we was maybe together for two or three years or whatever. We had broke up. And then I'm at this job where, like, I feel like, 
I don't want to be here, but I like my job because I make enough. Mm-hmm. But I don't like it because I want to run my own business. Like, it was so much going on. And I was just like, like overwhelmed, overwhelmed, overwhelmed. And I caught my best friend at the time in the bear from crying. And she's like, Isis, where are you at? And I'm like, I'm in the bathroom. And she was like, in the bathroom of your job and I'm like yeah yeah and she's like wait a minute go home and I'm like I can't go home because you're thinking the corporate life mm. I ain't got no time right. <laughs> you know how that right. go and I'm just like in the and I'm like die like I don't know why I'm crying like right. I, I just can't hold it in I just don't know what I'm doing and she's like you can't keep going through this you got to choose you and you got to figure out what you're going to do to get yourself together and and I ended up going to therapy mm-hmm. I did. I, my job provided the therapy, and then one of my coworkers found me in the bathroom, and she was like, girl, you crazy. You've been at this job for five years. This is why they got FMLA. And I thought FMLA was a joke. Mm-hmm. Like, I would look at other people like, you know, you weak. Like, right. you know. Right. And I went to therapy, and it's nothing like an unbiased opinion. For sure. Like, honestly, like, I think sometimes we – we joke at that too much. Right. You know, we really, really joke at that too much. But it was this little Asian lady, and she was fly, too. So I walked in, and I'm like, this lady ain't going to be able to do shit for me. Right. <laughs> and I walked in, and I just released it. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just like this bubble that popped. And she, when I, we, we ended up going over, like, 45 minutes. And she told me she didn't want to stop me because she could tell I don't open up. Like, mm-hmm. she looked at me, she's like, I can tell you don't open up and talk to the right people or you scared to show that you got a weakness or you scared to show that you know you need help or you just need somebody to talk to mm-hmm. or to cry to because I'm always trying to stand so tall and so strong mm-hmm. and she was like you need a couple weeks off and I looked at her and I was like you just gonna give it to me like that and she laughed she said yeah and I was like oh, okay and I took that I took six weeks off and I scheduled my life for six weeks which I hardly ever do. But I scheduled my life for six weeks. I only sat with my grandma for like two days out of the week and helped my sisters out. And the rest of that time, I just slept. Mm-hmm. Or I just did stuff that I couldn't do. Or she told me to read more and try try yoga. I liked it, but it was whatever. Right. <laughs> but I just did stuff to help me release mm-hmm. because I feel like I hold in so much because you want to be so strong and it's like that was that moment just crying out of nowhere was scary for me like mm-hmm. don't cry I'm like look man up but crying like that in the bathroom over and over and over again and you trying to hide the tears like mm-hmm. that was it that mm-hmm. was it like there's something right wow <laughs> so the crazy part is with all of the stress all of the agony all of the crying all of the the, 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 the <laughs> The domestic disputes and all of the, those things, you still manage to manifest yourself to get to a point where you have uh, a building, mm-hmm. you have a, a hair salon, um, and you're working on other things. How do you how do you get to this point? Like, because traditionally you say it's no excuses. Everybody had tough beginnings mm-hmm. and you know different things like that. But how did you break to this point to get to here? I think. Honestly, it was one of those things in the back of my mind where I really felt like everything that I've been through, God kind of kept me, right? Mm-hmm. 
And I thought to myself, kind of doing it, it was like, God, if you got me through this, I know I can get that. Right. And then there was this one thing where, like, a few times I was going to stop before I got my building because I really didn't think, like, me own a commercial space or me own this. Like, I ain't got all that kind of money. Like, mm-hmm. And I went to church one day, and my pastor said, think outside the box. Kept saying, think outside the box, and that was his sermon on for a couple of weeks. And then he had said something like, um, You're thinking too small, mm. you're thinking too small, you're thinking too small. And I didn't get what that meant, right? And that as I kept going on and kept going on, he, he had the sermon and he said, You're thinking too small. He said, God is not asking what your bank account looks like, He's looking, He's asking for your faith account mm. and how faithful are you in. To really see that mm-hmm. and I mean one I had so many of my friends on me too like what's up what's next right. and that kind of like was putting it underneath me like yeah I can't let this person that you know right, for sure but then it was like this is what I wanted like not to get too much off a of topic but when I went away to college I didn't want to go like mm-hmm. my grandmother forced me to go my grandmother forced me to go to girls high mm-hmm. And then she forced me to go to college. When I told her I wanted to go to hair school right out of high school, she was like, you can't live in this house. And I was like, what? And she forced me to go to college. Mm-hmm. So those, 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 those missing the, the route that I wanted to do made me really start to think like, okay, it's something bigger for me. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I finished IUP cum laude, but I was shocked. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> So I always felt like God had so much more for me, especially because when I want something, I go for it. And I never thought in my life that I was going to be able to own what I did because my girlfriend is the realtor. That property, the building was on sale, and I, I swear to say, my budget originally was like $150,000, right? Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to go over that because I didn't want to pay that much in the mortgage. Mm-hmm. And she was like, Isis, I got you. So when we found that building on 60th Street, it was on the market for 143, but it still needed renovations. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I can't go over $150,000. So I'm like, Toy, I can't afford it. I can't afford it. What are we gonna do? She said, Uh, uh-uh, uh, I need you to pray on this because another building. That's another story, but she said, I just need you to pray on. It. I just need you to pray on it. That girl got that building for $99,000. Wow. So that was that. So it was just like. Me going for whatever I wanted to go to, it was like every time I thought I couldn't, God just opened it up, mm-hmm. right? God just kept opening it up. And it was like, it was shocking to me. And, and sometimes I felt like so bad because I'm like, damn, I'm not even really trusting in what he really can provide for me because mm-hmm. I'm still questioning him. Like, I'm still questioning, like, I, I some days I'm like, oh, my God, I made my mortgage again. Right. <laughs> and it's like. You really have to open yourself up to really believe that, like, what's for you is for you. But you got to work for that. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, I agree with you 100%. But it's very hard for people that I talk to on a daily basis to understand where it's like, jump out on faith mm-hmm. and you're doing too much, right? Yeah. So it's like... You don't. How did you know when it was time for you to make that that leap of faith? Because it's a thin line between you leaping out on faith and being a success story, or leaping out on faith and pummeling straight to the ground. Yeah, but I think you gotta understand that every failure is a lesson in that too. 
you gotta you gotta understand it too. But I think on my side, I'm struggling with the full jumping out of it too because I kind of think to myself sometimes I got this calculated faith, mm-hmm. like you know, and it's like oh I'm gonna do enough just to stay comfortable, mm-hmm. which I'm really struggling with that. And I and I honestly like. I tell my, I think I got a group message going on right now with some of my friends where I'm like, I want to quit my job. I want to quit my job. I hate it here. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I really want to quit my job. Okay, so do you, are you lazy? No, I don't think I'm lazy. Do you procrastinate? A little bit. Okay, a little bit. Um, on Batman. Batman. <laughs> I love your analogies. Okay, so Batman, <laughs> he start climbing the wall and he fell. Mm-hmm. And he never like, grabbed the wall as he was falling. He's just like, ah, shit. Because he had a rope. Mm-hmm. He kept climbing the wall, kept climbing the wall. And he just kept falling back because he had the rope. But then he asked the guy, he's like, yo, how do I get out of this hole? And he was like, take off the rope. Right? So I like, remember this one. what's yeah. the pros and the cons of you leaving your job? So, one of the pros of my job right now is the healthcare. Okay. Like the healthcare. Mm-hmm. Number one. The, the number two thing is the comfortability of knowing every two weeks I get $1,800 after taxes. Mm-hmm. That pays my mortgage, my card note, and everything else without me even taking a second look. And it's mm-hmm. paying another mortgage that I have currently, too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's taking care of all of that. You mm-hmm. get what I'm saying? And it's like, it's the comfortability of knowing, just knowing. You get what I'm saying? Knowing what you're going to get every two weeks. Being able to pay certain bills and not worry about what's coming in next. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm being completely honest. But I know in my heart, I will, and I got, I got debt. I got a lot of debt. When I got this, this building, I didn't get any other loans. Like, my closing cost was like $20,000. Mm-hmm. I got a little bit of closing uh, seller's assist, and the rest of that came from my savings account. Okay. Um, so when it came time for the renovations of the shop, the rest of that came from some savings, mm-hmm. two credit cards, and the rest was hustle and bustle. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, a few of my friends helped, and you know, I did some fundraisers and stuff like that. So a lot of that came from that. So now I got this debt that I'm like, what the heck? What should I have gotten a loan first, or should I did this first? And that's what it is, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like I already know what you're gonna say because I think I, I see him. I see him. Do it. Just right. do it. I didn't say that. No, you thought that. And you're right. I wasn't even going to say that at all. So you talking to yourself. I got this I got this deadline for myself, though. I told myself on my grandmom's birthday this year, I'm leaving. I've already wrote, written a letter. So when's her birthday? Uh, November. November okay. 11th. So let me tell you about this idea that you have. <laughs> it's a great idea, right? <laughs> but situations happen in that time yeah. from now to there. So you can pray that something happens. That way you have to stay. Won't you just uh, tell them you had a miscarriage and you need two years of FMLA leave. Use that year where they won't pay you and you see what it's like. And if it's bad, you can go back. I just want to go and never go back. Okay. I just want to, I just want to, honestly, I just want to go and I, I want to be like, thank you, Comcast. Because I do, I am very appreciative of my job. I am the reason why I say that because of Comcast and me working there and, and hustling and being there, I was able to travel. I purchased my building because of the savings that I've had because of it. They did none of that. Like we I give know. so much credit to them. No, that's because of you. That's what you deserved and you created that for yourself. They just was the 
it was just a mecca for a second, but it's really you because it's people that work there too that didn't do none of the stuff that you did. That's so it's true. not them. It's not. It's, that's that's a mentality that we have suffered from yeah. for yeah. thousands of years. Yeah. But my thing for you, I'm just saying, is like. I just want to. I do want to do it, but I am very scared. And that's I'm fine. That's fine. Honest. But you, 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 you. I'm not gonna pressure you to do anything you yeah. want to do. You need to feel glorious about. I did it. I quit. Fuck you, right? And that's cool. You gotta have your own self engagement right. and self empowerment. Right. But what I can say is that hmm, your business is doing good. I assume mm-hmm. I it's doing all right. It's doing all right. We- in that first stage is up. But <laughs> it would do way better if you had 100% of the time. This is one of the things that happened. When I had my business, I had a t-shirt company. Mm-hmm. When I had it, it just seems like my job became more dominant of my time. Now my supervisor asked me about this place and that place, asking me about these emails, having these meetings, and it just seems like it was pulling me farther and farther away from what I was doing. So it kind of made me say, which one are you going to do? Which one are you going to do? And I sold my percentage in the company. And I folded, right? Mm-hmm. So I folded to my job because I needed it because I just bought this house. Mm-hmm. Started The family has been started. This is one of the biggest dreams that mm-hmm. we've had. Comfortability. Everybody got their own room, bathroom. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I got to make sure that I don't fail my family. I don't fail them. I don't want to mm-hmm. fail them. I don't want to ever be kicked out. I don't want. I don't ever want to have a housewarming, mm-hmm. and then people are like, yo, you don't live here no more. No, we. Yeah. yeah. So they kept me in line and scared. My family kept me scared. I, I shouldn't say that. But what is the ending result for me? Like, I'm not gonna feel good about my legacy when I die if I feel so that I played it safe, right? Yeah. Because I also believe that, like, I can, you know. uh destruct and rebuild mm-hmm. over again right? mm-hmm. I do have those things and I've created a couple other businesses and things like that that I'm working on but it's just like when you're ready just make sure that you're figuring out all of the things that you need to do to make it like even though when I was like alright I'm about to leave this I'm about to quit my job I said alright my mortgage let me divide this by 30 mm-hmm. alright all I need is about $36 a day mm-hmm. and I'll be able to keep my house so mm-hmm. it's like if I gotta drive Uber or mm-hmm. do something for these amount of times I'll be able to make it and mm-hmm. I feel like you have those intangibles regardless yeah. regardless cause what's gonna happen this is what's gonna happen from now until your November, you're going to accrue a, a, a certain amount of debt, whether it's a transmission on a car, <laughs> God forbid, or something like that is going to happen. Or they're going to say, we want to promote you. And then it's like, okay, well, what does that mean? Okay, that means six weeks vacation. This type, your copay is only $8 for eye, dental, and all of those mm-hmm. other things. And your price goes up. And it's just like, do you really, really want that? I always too like I'm I'm ready but I'm scared but I'm gonna stop right. saying it. Right. But what I I looked at this one thing um I think it was like a meme mm-hmm. or something like that and it said no you're crazy to be an employee of somebody and kill your dreams to make them rich or mm-hmm. something like that sure. on that regard and. Like every time I feel like I'm like in between making it and making it, and I get like three phone calls and be like, "Oh, you open?" And I'm like, "Yeah," and I and I and I make it, you mm-hmm. know. And that's how I know I'll be okay. You so know? you have workers. I mean, you have people that I have, have chairs. A, I have one stylist right now, and she's she's like dial hard, loyal, right. you know. Right. And I and I love her too because 
Nay is like um, she's she's wanting to learn more, mm-hmm. right? And that's the type of person that you really kind of invest into somebody that wants to learn and wants to develop their craft. So that one's gonna be with me, you mm-hmm. know. And I love her to death too because the other day she said, "Yeah, yeah I'm learning that." It ain't always real easy to be the boss. And I was yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But needless to say, I love her. So I got another girl that reached out to me that wanted to be an eyelash tech. And we got to meet up and talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got a boutique in the front. And now I'm kind of partners with my sisters in there. My sister makes clothing. Mm-hmm. So she makes some stuff and we buy some stuff and, you know, mix it in. So it's a boutique and then the hair salon. I'm trying to get an eyelash tech in there too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got an eyelash company that I'm starting too with another girlfriend. Um, so yeah, so, and then, you know, the, the mortgage itself kind of pays itself anyway, because I got a tenant mm-hmm. on the second floor now. So that's why you live the there bulk, too. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm, the bulk of the mortgage is for my tenant, mm-hmm. which is cool. And, um, so I, I mean, I know it's just, it's just jumping. It's just jumping. And it's just jumping and, and like they say, making sure the parachute open, I guess is what they say. I ain't never heard that. <laughs> You never heard that? Mm-mm, of course I didn't. Nope. Sure didn't. I sure yes, didn't. Did. Uh-uh. Listen, take that car. Call my peoples up. I ain't even gonna say that. Never mind. No, say no, it. No, I can't say that. I'm incriminating myself. Get rid of that car. You don't need it. Like, I was re- I was doing some research to say like, if I didn't have kids, I did the math that I could drive Uber. Like, I can actually ride Uber and pay less than what I do for my mortgage. I mean, for my car note and stuff like that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because I really don't go nowhere anyway, mm-hmm. right? But then it's like, when I do got to go somewhere, just go and come back, right? I could really get an Uber. If I didn't have children, I would be able to do it. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you really need a car unless you... Anyway. But I really <laughs> appreciate you for being here. I learned a lot. I think it's so much that you can take from this and learn. And I just think that, like... Your story is captivating because there's so much stuff that we still could have went right. into. And I just feel like this, even though you talk about maturity, right? Mm-hmm. This, is the, this is the top thing of it. But it's just like, it's really no excuse. Like, you have humbling beginnings. You have things that you're still dealing with, mm-hmm. things that are going to happen in the future that you don't want to happen. And you're still pushing forward. Yes, it's you're a little scary, but that's fine because so am I. I quit. <laughs> I, I sold my business to stay at a job that I hate. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So, I understand it, but it's just like in time it will be it, it it'll be right. But it gotta be on your time. Yeah, too, but I think now I'm gonna just say this too, like I'm learning that even with what you said in the beginning of this, like I never realized so many people were really like looking. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't think I'm like I'm not I'm not that like present on on social media for real for real mm-hmm. you know i'm trying to get there with the business part of it mm-hmm. but um like personally i'm not too much into it you know mm-hmm. but like when i do post stuff that really motivate other people because i do believe in hustling and busting and investing and all of that mm-hmm. and i get like the messages on the side or like the dms that'll mm-hmm. be like yo i appreciate what you shared the other day i was going through x y and z well, I had another friend from IUP reach out to me like, yo, you need an investor? I can help you do X, Y, and Z. And it's like, and you see that person doing it, and it's like, damn, you would really do that for me? Mm-hmm. Or when I get people that say like, yo, I appreciate you just sharing it, or I see you, and I just be like, oh, okay, you mm-hmm. know. 
to me that means so much because like I never ever want to be like this braggadocious this oh I got this and I got that because I feel like just as easy as I got it can be taken away and I think sometimes we don't think like that either mm -hmm. and that's why like you know I honestly want to tell people too while I'm speaking about this like I honestly still will be that person that you can come to for advice I could point you in the right direction for whatever I always open up my shop for other people that start in businesses if you want to have an event I kind of offer it to them basically almost for free right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I just want to let people know, like, you know, I've been, I, I grew up down the bottom. So when mm -hmm. they say started from the bottom, I, mean, I, I really believe that. Like, right. <laughs> sure. So I am here for any and everybody that needs that kick in the butt, kick me in the butt. Because November, I'm going to quit. Mm -hmm. Hold me to it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but needless to say, like, you know, my business style by goddess, I had to put the plug in. Mm -hmm is open for any and everybody that's trying to make it as well. You know, mm -hmm. if you need this space to run a little event or a little house, a little networking, whatever, whatever you need, and they can possibly help you see if that's where you want to go or help you get to where you want to go, that's definitely there. And mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure I said that to any and everybody because I feel like, one, we always got to stick together, mm -hmm. you know, the whole black thing. But two, it's n what you eat ain't going to make me shit. You get mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And vice versa. Like, mm -hmm. my place, even if you didn't pay me or not, the lights are still going to get paid. Mm -hmm. My mortgage is still going to get paid. If you come up off of me, I'm still going to be okay or whatever the case may be. But I just always wanted to pay it forward because I know how hard it was for somebody to believe in me or give me a chance. So I wanted to give anybody a chance, mm -hmm. you know. So I just wanted to say that before we end it. I appreciate that. So yeah. I got a place to live now. Yeah, Thank you, yeah, you could. We got a closet. <laughs> Damn. All right, I'll take it. We just got to move the mop out during the night. We got a closet. It's the dressing room. Uh, I really appreciate you for being here on You're Super Stinking. We Thank you for so having me. me. Thank you. Common sense is lazy, 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 lazy.